Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough. And this is not the episode we intended for you this Monday. Uh, <laughs> podcasting is hard. No, this is totally the right episode. This is the only time we've recorded this weekend. It's only time we've been talking. It's super the first time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well... <sighs> I'm just going to lay it out on the line for you. We had an amazing episode with Basta included and was Whitney right. was joining us. It was a real good one. Uh, we played some stumpers, but something happened with one of our audio and it's just not recoverable. So you're never going to hear that one. So Brandon, I, mean, I decided we can, we can still get an episode out in time. We don't want to let our listeners down. I mean, if we're going to be fully transparent, it was Basta kept saying like racial slurs. Oh, no. And it was just too hard to edit out. So we're just like, scrap it. We got to just do it all over again. We and can't be just... this transparent. No. Uh, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't listen to episodes he's not on. So I can say whatever I want right now. I hear you. But <laughs> it is just a damn shame. But we're going to yeah. just pretend like that didn't happen. But uh, maybe we'll have some kind of uh, callbacks to that. But we do want listeners to know that both. Basta and Whitney are alive and well, and they will be on the podcast soon. So it's, it's just it's unfortunate. End of the year, everyone's super busy, both with work and personal lives with all the holidays and stuff. So it's just like, we finally got them, and then uh, gone in yep. an instant. Scheduling but, plan disaster. But yeah, if you really want to, it was Basta's audio that was bad. So we'll release the whole episode without his audio if you really want to. Let no. Doug know. Oh, don't, yeah, that's just n for nobody. That's never going to happen. <laughs> no, not so. Uh, but it is the first episode in December, so for oh, yeah. listeners, uh, we try to do bonus episodes every week this month, so you can look forward to that. We did get an episode in with Gamers Without Borders. That'll be out this Friday. So that's something exciting, kind of uh, on a brighter note. That was the first episode of their podcast in months i think yeah and it was around thanksgiving time so you're gonna like it's gonna be a little bit out of order uh yeah, yeah with the games we've been playing and things speaking of which this is a video game podcast so we're gonna try to keep it on the rails here uh what have you been playing i know both of us haven't played too much since the last time we spoke but uh what have you been up to yeah i have i plan on playing more i haven't played as much um I said in uh, previous episodes, I bought a Switch, but FedEx is garbage, and apparently the only delivering company that can't get into my building. So instead of like, hey, we can't get into this building at noon on a weekday because the guy's at work, let's keep re-delivering it over and over and over again. Yeah, that's the worst. Oh, man, it's I'm like, sorry. It's like, yes, I understand you're doing your job right now. So am I. That's why I can't deliver it. Um, and my building now has a new intercom system where it just calls my phone, but I, it's still sh a shitty old building, so I can't buzz it in from my phone. So I just the guys kept calling me like, "Hey, can you buzz me in?" I'm like, "No, look what building you're in. It's old and shit. Like, why do yeah. you think I, I have that ability?" Um, and so I was just like, "Oh, okay. I'll just deliver it. I'll just set it to deliver at one of the office uh, buildings nearby, and yeah. I can just pick it up from the FedEx building." And that took like two days. So they kept delivering to my building all that time. And then, like, it took enough. And when I went to go pick it up, they're like, oh no, it'll be here tomorrow. I'm like, but you already de tried delivering it to my building three times, which is right down the street. Like, why couldn't you have just sent it over here at the end of the day? Yeah. Uh, and it was just so frustrating. That sounds like a nightmare. But I guess the alternative, though, is if they just left it on your doorstep or something, someone's just going to grab that thing and then you're fucked. 
Yeah, like if it was outside, I'd be worried about that. If it was yes. inside the building, I'd be more fine because it's, it's not that many people and like it's easy to pinpoint who did what. Yeah, that's a good point. But the worst is like I there's no way of really telling the delivery driver this, but my uh we got like a small balcony for my apartment and it's right above the front door, so he could have just like lobbed it up onto the balcony <laughs> above him and I would have been fine with that. Oh man, that should have been on the special instructions. They give you a little text I'm, box there. I'm tempted. Like it's just like go to the front door, look to the right and up and just lob it do, up to that yeah, place. Do a hook shot. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Any damages I'll I'll take responsibility for. Don't worry, just toss it on up there. Oh, speaking so. of basketball and the lost episode, we mentioned Gritty kissing Santa Claus. Oh, I just had Jesus. to bring that up. That was a thing. I, I still want that to be the episode image, even though it doesn't really make too much sense. <laughs> That's the only reason you're bringing it up now. Uh, a little bit. And also because I saw Gritty uh, do a, a shot from half court and make it. He like totally sunk it in basketball. So that was Jesus. interesting. And then he did a split. So I was like, whoa, this guy is on fire. Yeah, it's and those suits are not comfortable or ventilated well and are just a sweat lodge. Yeah, how like, the hell did he make that shot if he's like in that outfit? That's some serious skill. It's impressive. Um so yeah, while waiting for the my switch, I didn't want to like dig into anything new. Um I played Aragami and finished that. Uh the boss fight was uh, pretty disappointing at the end for me because it was just uh, like a Zelda style like three hit automatically win fight like and it wasn't like there wasn't as much i guess there could be tactics involved with it but it was more like you just cheese it and just like are aggressively um offensive with uh the boss fight and are just yeah. hunting the instead of like trying to circle around the room and try to catch each other while you're off guard if you just hunt down the boss and are just on top of them all the time you can just three hit them real quick and it's over real fast yes so that was like pretty disappointing where i was like eh but then again it was like a stealth game so it's like it's not about big boss fights or big combat mechanics. It's it's about like you know getting there without being caught. So exactly. So that was an alright game. I wasn't. I guess I'm kind of spoiled by Mark and the Ninja because it's so good. It's such a good game. Um, but uh, so I finished that. Uh, I started playing Pony Island because I knew it was short, uh, and I don't want to get into like Yakuza Zero or something big before I get uh Switch and Smash. Um, so Pony Island is tough to talk about without spoiling it it was that game you got from basta claus right no no that was like that was like a holly pocket barbie like pony like beauty salon game that game sucked yeah and, you uh, twitch streamed it for a while and it was pretty fun i i, I took that and like all the games mark sent me ironically and all the bad <laughs> games i've gotten over the years and just tried playing them all in like one stream and I maybe got like 20 minutes into every game. I was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. They're all so bad. No one yeah. buys games genuinely anymore. At least not in my friend groups. That's hilarious. Um, so no, Pony Island is, it was like a cheap game. And it was like a two, like a side-scrolling sort of shooter. Like just like jump over hurdles, shoot the enemies in the sky sort of kind of game. Okay. Um, but then it gets very meta and like fourth wall breaking. And I don't. It, it looks really dumb, but it's one of those games <laughs> where, like, the simple, like, graphics and stuff are, like, to, you know, kind of throw you off and lower your expectations. And then that's when, like, weirder shit happens. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, like, all I can say without spoiling too much. Because, like I said, it's, it's a pretty short game. 
it might be one of those where there's like a secret Da Vinci code sort of thing. Like, yeah, like a Matrix. frog fractions or something. Yeah, where there's like more hidden in it and you have to like look up the day Amadeus died and type that in backwards and like in like Swedish and like you'll unlock the second half of the game. That <laughs> might that might be in there. I don't know because I'm not going to do that. That's way too much. Like, it was a neat short little game and it was pretty cool just seeing what the what the developers could use and abuse through like computers because it's definitely a computer game i don't think it could work on console yeah same with like uh one shot is one of my favorite games of all time and it has to be on pc because uh it'll open up window or different windows while you're playing or it'll be like hey go into your files uh like folders and look for this specific text file and then it'll be like uh image with like uh certain points like uh blacked out or like transparent out, and then you have to put that over top of a cipher, and then you do like decipher the code through that. Okay. So like it, it's specifically made for PCs, and like that's what makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, and they're able to mess around with it a lot more. Um, so like at one point I'm playing like uh, you have to keep your eyes on an enemy, and like a password will pop up, and you have to like write down the password. But he says like keep your eyes on me, don't look away, and then you'll get a Steam notification from a friend. So you're like, hey, man, what's up? Why aren't you talking to me? What the fuck, man? And like, they keep messaging you, and it's the game. You don't actually get the Steam notification. It's it's through the game, and they go into your Steam friends list and just oh, wow. grab someone at random and put them in. Um, so it's like really cool and just like messes with you for a bit. And it's like three, four hours maybe. Um, the gameplay itself is kind of meh, but it, it has some interesting ideas, and it was like really fun to play around with that. Um and then just a lot of Overwatch just to, like, kill time until I got my Switch, which I got. I finally got it yesterday and have just been playing Mario Kart 8 for a bit. Okay. Um, oh, dude, that's so exciting, though. You got the Switch. We're going to have to put both yeah. of our friend codes on the, this episode description. If you go to the website, listener, you can probably add us and see what games we're playing. We both have Mario Kart 8. I should play with you at some point. I don't know how the internet works through this thing. I've already yeah. had, like, a few issues with it. And um, the Switch itself... And the docking station is a lot smaller than I thought, and it's a lot more convenient. I can fit it on my desk. Um, the controller where you put them in the like Xbox sort of controller, I forget. What the, I don't know what that's called. Yeah, the the thing that came with it, it's like a husk for the two little Joy Cons that makes like yeah. a, a one controller. Yep. Yeah, that's actually a lot more comfortable than I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be very awkward and like cumbersome. Yeah, it's um, nice. But it's, it's fine. I I got no complaints with it. Um. I actually have a couple questions for you. So, yeah. did you get what color Joy Cons did you get? Because I know it comes in either gray or the red and blue. Uh, what did you get? Uh, I got the red and blue. That just was standard. I didn't like specifically hunt them down. Nice. Yeah. No, I went with that as well. I just it's a little bit. I don't know. I just like colors more than the gray. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't have cared enough to buy like the blue and red or like i saw like splatoon ones that were like green and yellow i think they were like neon colors oh weird um, if they cost extra but it, uh just by coming like default it's definitely nice because everything else is black so it, it adds a little color to it definitely and, you know nintendo's always the brighter one you know gamecube was uh, purple and the wii and wii U was like white while xbox and playstation were all black or all white so you know it's nice when they, they put a little effort into the design besides just going, like, sleek and, like, new and trying to make it look edgy. Yeah, and um, it definitely, like, adds, like, a differentiation factor of, like, right versus left and the, the colors if you're playing, like, one player, two players and stuff. Um, yeah, it's a lot easier. 
Other questions I had, uh, how often do you find yourself playing in handheld mode, and uh, do you ever intend on getting a pro controller? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I'll ever get the pro controller, because I feel like the thing I would most use that for is Smash, and even back on other systems, I t- I was typically fine with like using the Wiimote and Nunchuck, as blasphemous as that is. Um, if I was playing with friends locally, I'd use a GameCube controller because they usually had an extra one. But yeah. I, I was fine with working with whatever. Um, mostly because I'm a little shit and I pick random for most <laughs> of my characters. So I'm not like, and I like, but I play with Mark in high school and he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> so like, I never put a lot of effort into like winning. I was like, Hey, if I win, it's cool. If I don't, whatever. So I never needed like the competitive edge of a pro controller. Um, so I, I think I'll be fine with this, um, with the controller like holder that comes with it. I think that'll be enough for me. Having both, they're very similar, and I don't think it's worth the money. Depending on, it just depends on if you're like a, more of a competitive gamer or not. Yeah, and they've even said specifically with Smash that it'll um, be able to incorporate the old school GameCube controller because like peop- some people need that C stick because you can just flick it and it'll do the hit at full power yes. versus charging it on the other controllers. Totally. So, I definitely understand why people want that specific one. I mean, some people even play on specifically the CRT TVs because, excuse me, get excited about Smash and get all burpy. <laughs> um, yeah, the CRT TVs, like, there's, like, a certain pixel amount or, like, the response time's better or something. So, like, especially with Smash, they get very particular about the equipment versus just, like, yeah, just play on whatever. Um, because it, I'm very casual with it because I don't, I don't know. I thought all my friends would be playing Monster Hunter World and no one else got it. So I don't know how many are actually going to get Smash. Um, so I'm just, I'm fine with just using the Joy-Cons on the like controller holder. Um, I forgot what your other question was. Oh uh, yeah, no problem. I, I, that's the problem with me as an interviewer. I need to not ask multiple questions at once. <laughs> um, but the first one was, uh, how often do you find yourself playing oh, in handheld? Handheld, yeah. Uh, my roommate not too long ago got a PS4 and has kind of just like absorbed the tv into his room out of the living room um and honestly i'm fine with that because we don't have cable so it's not like i'm watching anything on there uh so he has more use for it than i do yeah um and because of that that was like another reason i got a switch instead of a ps4 because i was considering both um and then once i was like oh i can get the switch and not even need the tv like if i really need to i could probably hook it up to my monitor because got the hdmi cable yeah um so i don't know if there's already ways to do that i don't know if i can like jerry rig it and figure out but yeah, I don't think it would be too hard. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it'd be too tough. Um, but mobile's fine because like it's right in front of me at my desk, and you know it's got the little kickstand built into it. Um, so yeah, it's almost exclusively mobile for me. I get, I kind of wish there was more or rather better public transportation out in LA, so that way like a coworker might said like, oh yeah, he'll take the bus because he lives right by the station and just you know play Switch for two three hours like on his commute, which you know. It seems like a weird thing to do to go out of your way to take a longer commute just to get play a switch. But granted, it's taking me two or three hours in my car, so yeah, it might as might as well be doing something instead of just me being bored. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably almost exclusively be mobile with this. But uh, nice. I, I have been having a little trouble with the internet already because I downloaded. Uh, I got a Mario Kart like a code for it. I didn't get the physical game. Yeah. And then I got uh, Hollow Knight as a code. And those were both needed the internet to use. And then to download a game, you have to have a Nintendo account. But apparently I already have Nintendo accounts associated with two of my emails. 
but I never enabled a two-step verification for them. Oh, Christ. But apparently someone did. <laughs> so I Uh-oh. don't have the verification codes, and it won't let me log in without them. So those uh, two accounts with those emails are basically locked forever. I think it was Basta. You got to ask him for those yeah, codes. Yeah, he got into my account somehow. Because um, I got that with uh, the 3DS uh, and like Monster Hunter, I think, 3 I have on there. I downloaded that, so I know I need. To, I had the account for that. Okay, that and, makes sense. But I don't have the verification codes anymore. Damn. Like, I never deleted them, so I just don't know why it enabled somehow. So I had to like create a new email account just to create a new Nintendo account just to use the Switch and online stuff. And it still will log me out of it every now and then. It'll like kick me off the Wi-Fi. So I, I wasn't expecting a lot from Nintendo's online stuff, but it's it's already given me a few issues, which isn't great. Yeah, that's a bummer. Hopefully that works itself out and you can start enjoying the online stuff a little without as much of a headache. Yeah, because playing against some of the bots on Mario Kart, are kind of like, it's not as satisfying. Um, I start playing like 100cc and it's like, oh, someone got ahead of me for five seconds. Oh, never mind. He's back in second place. And that's about as much of a challenge. And I know there's 200cc, so I know it can get harder. Yeah. But there's, there's an element of like, yeah, playing against other people versus like PCs, like it's you playing against computers and you kind of feel them bullshit, like fucking you over because they know the exact perfect algorithm and path to avoid as minimal traction. Versus yep. like if you're playing against a person, you know, like they can mess up. Like it's a possibility they'll mess up. So, uh, yeah, hopefully the internet can get better with that. Hopefully, I can maybe set something up or uh, change the settings a bit. Um, and I know they even said in the nintendo directs with smash they said like uh when you play online it's going to prioritize local machines better like versus like your i guess there's going to be a ranking system or something with online for smash they said they're going to prioritize uh local games or local players before anyone else because it'll be easier to play with someone on the same wi-fi network versus you know in a different country interesting so even if you put all these filters on, it's going to go with like as close to you as physically possible first, which is good. But they also said, they also gave like a disclaimer of like, hey, the Internet's not going to be great. Like, don't get mad at us. Find a local competitive scene if you can, if you really want to get into it. Exactly. Like, because it's going to be rough. It depending on your local area, you might not have that many real. You'd have like one or two stars out of the bunch be like just demolishing everyone. Yeah. And it makes me think like. I don't know. That's just really interesting. Yeah, it's not like Rocket League, for instance, where it like takes like your skill level and takes a pool of those people in that exact same skill level and pairs you together. This is more or less a hodgepodge of just who's ever nearby you. So that's interesting. Yeah, they've Nintendo's always had trouble with their online uh, play and stuff. Like it's always been hiccups here and there. Um, but especially with a mobile console, it's going to be like much more trickier. So I can definitely understand like their hesitation and like their preface ahead of time because people are already shitting on like the <laughs> uh, Switch's internet. So like God knows when Smash, the big time seller, comes out, they're going to be upset about that. With like you know any uh, any amount of lag is going to be enough to th- throw a match. Oh, totally. So people are going to get real upset about that. So like I, it's fine. I understand. But even like here, I know there's like a big like. Uh, competitive like video game arena area um, that people can go to and there's a lot of fighting games but it's like I think it's Santa Ana maybe or so so it's like a good like two hours away from me so it's like ooh no I'm alright I'll I'll risk a laggy match versus just driving two hours somewhere to get a good game so Um, 
but yeah, I'm real happy with it so far. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, traveling back home for the holidays, it's really going to help. And uh, hopefully I can get uh, Breath of the Wild and Bayonetta 2. Those are the two uh, games I'm looking forward to. And then Smash is in a week, or as of this recording, like five days. Yeah, holy so, crap. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. I'm very excited. Yeah, and I'm going to try out Piranha Plant because I pre-ordered it. And that dumb, dumb fucking character is going to be... Very fun. Oh, I hate man. it. I hate it, but it's going to be fun to watch. That's cool, but it also opens up a great uh, transition. Uh, speaking of pre-orders, uh, I did something that I've been meaning to do for years now. I finally got around to pre-ordering Kingdom Hearts 3. It's official. <laughs> I got the Steelbook uh, Deluxe Edition and everything. I'm very excited. It was a whole thing, I mean, though, yeah. at my local Best Buy. The guy checking me out was like, there was two barcodes, uh, Xbox and PS4. He's like, which one do you want? The PS4 one wasn't working, so we had to like look something up and type it in manually. But during mm-hmm. that whole process, he was talking to me, being like, yeah, I pre-ordered this recently, too, and I've been waiting over 10 years for this. And I, I was like, yeah, 14. And it was just like, <laughs> we're both bonding over the fact how long it's been, and it's just, it's weird. I I feel like that guy was probably like almost 30 like I am. I just turned 29 recently. So that, that was a thing. And that's what I mean. I used my gift card uh, for my birthday there to help with the pre-order. So it's just finally something off my gamer to-do list. I said I would on the podcast. So it's official. Once that game drops, I have a copy waiting for me. <laughs> it's just funny knowing like when you could have, if you pre-ordered it as soon as possible, like when the first pre-orders were going through, you could have had a kid at that time, and they'd probably be in, like, <laughs> middle school now. Oh, God. Like, yeah. yeah, I think technically you really could have pre-ordered this, like, five years ago, maybe even longer than that. And it's just like, but they never had a release date or anything, so your money was just kind of, where did that money go? There are living creatures on this planet you can have full conversations with who are younger than the pre-order date for Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> like, your pre-order could be older than things that could walk and talk on their own. One thing that like, stuck geez. out from the conversation that our listeners missed out on with Bass and Whitney is you pointed out that in the entire gap of Kingdom Hearts 2 to 3, yeah. the whole entirety of God of War franchise came about. <laughs> yeah, because I remember between Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, I think it was th- 3 or 4 years. Yeah. And, God, and I was thinking, because I was really into God of War uh, around the time of like Kingdom Hearts 2. Um because I was an edgy high schooler. That's what you're into. You got That's, boobs and violence. It, yeah, it's um, great. <laughs> and uh, I remember thinking, like, God of War, it's like every two years or so they had a new God of War game out. And then even with the last one that did, like, a big hiatus and no one was really expecting another one. Like, the last God of War was kind of, you know, it wasn't the end-all be-all. But if that was the last God of War game forever, people would be fine with it. Yeah. And then the new one came out, like, five years after that one. And it's still before Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> So yeah. it's just like, my God. Yeah, and it's really going to be hard to live up to the hype. And I've expressed my concerns as far as like not relating with the material that the worlds are going to be going to and all of that. But that's yeah. more of an issue with me. I'm sure certain people are like, I love those movies and I've seen them all and I'm excited to really go check them out. So it, it has potential, but six. oh man. And I, I'm not sure... If I should have gotten the deluxe edition, I was thinking, like, I am a super fan, so I want to do that. But I'm like, but also, fuck you guys. So it's just <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a double-edged sword. But here I am. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I am still playing Kingdom Hearts 2. And that's the thing. Like I said earlier, it's going to be a little out of order. But um, by the time you hear me talking about it next episode. But right now, I've 
basically at the end of the game, it's the final world called the world that was oh shit i forget what it's called (laughs) god damn no it was like you and everyone else it was the world that never was is the place and uh you're you're going there to try to get into the headquarters of organization 13 and save Kyrie and everything and since i am playing 2.5 final mix they threw in an additional boss that i was completely unaware of so this is brand new content there's new cutscenes and everything Mm mm-hmm and this boss is, from what I've read online and from what I've experienced firsthand, is harder than the f- the final boss of the entire game. And the oh. the co- the good thing is, it's like uh, it's it's good but also bad. It's cool because you're fighting Roxas wielding two keyblades, which brings up a lot of questions. But then he's just like so overpowered, and it's just a one v one Roxas versus uh, Sora. Goofy and Donald are like trapped and can't help you. And I he mean, just bitch to be fair, slaps they never you. do. They they really don't, but I mean I will take any help I can get in this fight, Bren. Like yeah. it is I just need someone to heal me. I need a second to heal. I he's just so overpowered, completely overwhelms you. I this is gonna be a battle that comes down to straight skill. It doesn't matter how much I grind and make my Sora stronger or have higher defense. It's gonna be like I need to analyze your skill set and make sure I'm not fucking up at any given moment. Like it's gonna be a total bitch. And I didn't see that coming at all. I'm literally burning through this game being like, I am setting such a good pace right now. I'm looking forward to popping in 2.8 for the first time. I've had that game for months, but never even got around to playing it. And for those who are unaware, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 consists of Dream Drop Distance, which was a title that was originally only on the 3DS, which was very frustrating to me because it's like, I love this franchise, but I hate the fact that I'll need to I'll actually need to own a Nintendo 3DS just to play this game, which is crucial to the story. Luckily, it did come eh, to PS4 eventually. Crucial so, in quotes. Uh, I, that's what I hear, at least. I haven't even played it yet. So I'm I'm just very glad that it is on PS4, and I'm looking forward to playing that. But I don't want to play that until I re-beat Kingdom Hearts 2 on PS4. I'm not necessarily going to worry about Platinum just yet. I just want to get through the story, so I'm all set up for once Kingdom Hearts 3 drops, and I want to beat that as soon as possible before things get spoiled and it's a whole fucking thing, because this is one of those games that it's just like, day one, gotta do it, don't fuck around. Might even take take some time off work. Yeah, (laughs) I know some people are taking off time from work from us for Smash, and there's no story in Smash, so I can imagine with Kingdom Hearts, something that's, you know, you've been looking forward to for 10 plus years. Yeah, it just really validates that. It's just like, that's bizarre that I've even had to wait this long. But anyway, I Kingdom Hearts 2, this fight with Roxas, I can see myself struggling with it for over a week. So I am going to try to grind to like get a little more of an edge, but it, it, I'm probably going to look up some walkthroughs or like play people fighting him and see like if there's any techniques I can utilize because he is a total bitch. Oh, man. It might be one of those things where it just like scales to your level so that way you can't ever be overpowered. <laughs> I sure as fuck hope not. Because I, I have played some games like that where it's like, all right, this guy's tough. Let me just go grind for a while. And they come back and it's just as hard. And then I look it up and they're like, oh, no, yeah, he scales to your to match your level. Yep. So that way it doesn't matter when you fight him. It's just always going to be that hard. Well, it's funny. Um, I, I am playing on critical mode, which is the hardest. It's a step above oh, what yeah. was previously the hardest was proud mode. So, yeah, critical is a bitch, but it does give you a couple perks as far as like extra abilities early on. Um, one thing that I am trying to do is grind and get a lot of levels. And in the original Kingdom Hearts 2, if you go to the Lion King's world and you equip this keyblade you get, uh, called Goldwing, if your health is in the red and your, uh, it's like the sirens going off beeping and you have that keyblade equipped. Yeah. It's so annoying to have to put up with that. Um, 
but if that's the scenario you're in and you're using that keyblade, it'll increase the experience points you use by like a hundred percent. So if you go to this place in the Lion King, at the peak of the mountain, there's like the, this one specific type of flying heartless, and there's like a huge swarm of them, like probably like maybe 200 of these things just flying around. And if you go and set up a scenario like that and use Gullwing, you can just level up like mad in the original one because th- those enemies, as you kill them, they only drop like the MP bubbles to like increase yeah. your MP points. But now in 2.5, they've kind of made it so you can't... Because, yeah, each Heartless you kill is 30 experience points. If you're using Gullwing, each one is 300 experience points. So it's, like, massively just, like, you're just leveling up, like, insane. So they they fixed that, which is unfortunate, because I didn't (laughs) want to, like, really exploit that and really level up quick. But because now those enemies drop little green uh, HP bubbles. So as soon as you're in the red, you kill an enemy, like, you absorb the HP, and then you're not in the red anymore. So it's like, God, there was a pretty smart fix, but it was like, damn it, I want to see if i could level up really fast and i can't so it's going to be some grinding to podcasts <laughs> maybe you should take some uh, dark soul advice and get good oh i know god it's tough though <laughs> <laughs> is it is it like sephiroth in what two i think yeah, he's really hard i think i beat sephiroth i definitely beat sephiroth in one but i'm not sure if i ever beat sephiroth in two some people say he's easier in two and i'm not sure if that's true or not because I th- I think my brother played one. I don't think I actually ever played one. My brother played it up to a point and sold it before I could play it. Um, so I think he I think I fought him in two. Um, but I remember thinking like he was mandatory, so I was like, getting like so close and I was almost done. And then like a buddy at school told me like, oh yeah, no, he's completely voluntary. You actually go to this place to you know progress in the story. I was like, oh, fuck this, and I just you know skipped him entirely. Yep. Um, because I looked it up and like I talked to people and they're like, yeah, there's no real cheat there's no real like easy mechanic it's just you have to know when he's attacking and like block every single attack or else you get like one shot almost yeah that's like this roxas fight but you're not getting one shot but you're getting like two three shotted and it's like holy fuck it's just overwhelming i feel like i've been going through this game being like i am badass i'm kicking ass like nothing can stop me and then roxas just bitch slaps me and brings me back to reality it's like it's like kingdom hearts is dark souls now i'm like fuck (laughs) (laughs) jesse mccarthy don't play that He's one tough motherfucker. Oh, man. But yeah, still enjoying Kingdom Hearts. I'm trying to think. Oh, there is one other game-related thing I wanted to mention, and it's real brief, and it's a shame Bass is not on. But he actually actually told us he uninstalled this game, so he's not enjoying this anymore. But I still am. Hold.io, it's a game on your phone. It's free. Oh, yeah. Um, They had a little update come through where there's like a new world that you can be sucking things up. And for those unfamiliar, it is very much a Donut County, Katamari, Damasi kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh. It's very enjoyable. Of uh, the original map was just a city, and you go around sucking up people and buildings and trees and parks and stuff. They added a new world where it is more or less like a pirate th- pirate theme with like islands and uh, sh- ships and dolphins and whales and like all sorts of things that you can suck up in an island environment i highly recommend the game from the get-go but them adding this new area to enjoy things i I am thoroughly enjoying it um but the only thing about it is that it's kind of random it doesn't you don't really get to go in and be like oh i want to play the pirate world it's like as you log the log in or you don't log in but as you pull up the game uh you hit play and it chooses for you so i guess it may or may less like Every now and then you can get a chance to play the pirate world. I think they're just sprinkling it in to see what people think 
and then maybe it'll lead to future updates with other worlds for them. So that'd be cool. Yeah, there's probably just a set amount of rotations, and they're just like every seventh one, the pirate one will pop up, and regardless of the order. So yeah. that way it seems random, but it's actually probably a formula or something. Yep, that would make sense. But I do recommend checking that out if you haven't, and it's it's a pretty fun one. There was like some sort of market game I was tempted to download on my phone because it was free, but I heard there was like, I heard the microtransactions you could avoid, but they do kind of get like rubbed in your face. Um, yeah. But it was one of those games, like one of those niche game genres that I'm really into, surprisingly, which is uh, like being a merchant in a fantasy realm. And then you like, <laughs> then you hire like adventurers to go into the dungeon to get all your materials for you. And you just pay them with gold and then you sell all the items they have to then get the gold back. Yeah. Um, so there's like two games. There's Race of Tear and Item Shop Tale and Moonlighter that both do that. And both are really good. I really liked them. Does that uh, genre have a name? Like, I feel like I you should be like Fantasy no. Pimp. <laughs> fantasy Pimp? Um, I think it's just like management, Fantasy Management. Because pimp. <laughs> pimp. Just put Pimp in there anywhere. Because, um, like, it is just a management game. It's just with, like, items instead of, like, stocks and, like, city building. Like, you know, Bass is all into the city builders, like, City Skylines and Minecraft and all that shit. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's like, those are management games. These are just management of, like, items versus just, like, numbers. Right. Um, but that makes a world difference. So I was tempted to get that, and then the Switch came. So I was like, oh, there's all my mobile games for now. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can do a couple brief news topics before we play a conversation game. Uh, I did see Bethesda's in some hot water, and we didn't really even talk about it. aren't they? Well, that's the thing. We didn't even talk about this when Bass and Whitney were on. Uh, there, there might be a class action lawsuit for them over Fallout 76. Um, it's just, I don't, it's just ugly, and I, I feel like, what have they gotten themselves into? I'm, I'm not really sure. What are your thoughts on that? They also had some kind of, like, uh, special edition, collector's edition that like shipped with these canvas bags and they turned out to be nylon. So it's like just cheaper. Like people paid $200 for this collector's edition. And then what like the perk was that they got was just like real cheaply made. And as like a way to say they're sorry, they gave them like, uh, like something that's equivalent to like $5 worth of in-game currency. It just sounds all around shitty. Like they just aren't sorry. <laughs> yeah. So Fall of 76 is just. And early access, alpha, whatever you want to call it, it's not finished, and they fully admit that. But they're still charging you, like, I don't know how much. I'm going to say easily over 20 or $30, which is way more than... I, I'm I'm already against early access stuff to a certain point. Some of them, like, I've bought Armello and Dead Cells before when they were in early access, but then, like, came out a month later. So they're already pretty much done. Like, the only reason they were early access is, like, to... You know, sort out any minor bugs. Yeah. Then there are games like Ark and uh, H1Z1 and yep. Fallout 76 where they're just like, this and PUBG, they're like, this game's broken as shit. It's buggy as hell. We've barely put a, that much time into it, like maybe a year, if that. It's like, you got the basic foundation and you know, building blocks of it. And we're putting it out there to try and recap some of our money. And then once we start recapping money, we're going to start putting, like, upgrades and stuff in it. Not finishing the game, just upgrading whatever broken shit's already in it. <laughs> yeah. And so all it is is just a half-finished product they're shipping out and trying to make whatever money they can off of it. And because Bethesda's a big company, and they got the Fallout franchise, they got the Sky, uh, Elder Scrolls franchise, 
and they're very popular. They got a lot of fanboys, and people eat it up no matter what they do. They get shit on a, the sidewalk and slap on a Bethesda logo, and someone will buy it. So yeah. that's what they do with this. They're hopping on the Battle Royale shooter genre, um, and it's Fallout without the story. It's Fallout without the NPCs. It's Fallout without the uh, VAT system. It's it's just an open-world Battle Royale shooter with a Fallout skin on it. And some people seem to really like it. Some people are really hoping Bethesda sticks with it and like works through it. There's a lot of people that are just like, this, this game is broken as shit. Even if you can see the potential in it, even if you can see what it could become, they're not working to make it that. And they're not putting the effort into it. And it's just, uh, some people are just really disappointed because it's like, you know, showing them what it could be and just slapping it away. Like, it's better if they never saw what it could be to begin with. So. Yeah, and another reason they're actually getting in trouble, and the reason for the lawsuit is because they're oh, yeah. allegedly re- refusing to grant refunds via the game's client on Bethesda.net. So they're just saying, no, we're not going to refund you, despite this game really having nasty bugs on release. Oh, okay. I didn't hear about the refund stuff. Um, but like you were saying with the special edition, not only is it not a finished game, not only are they charging a shitload of money for it, maybe not full $60, but probably close to it, they also have a special edition of an unfinished game. Yeah. So it's like, it's like you could buy a, a spoiler and like spinning rims for your car, but there's no body to it. It's like, and- what? What's the point then? Well, also this their physical yeah. copy in uh, air quotes uh, yeah. doesn't. Even, it's just a physical case. There's no disc or anything. You get a download code inside of a case. That, that's like, a lot of games now, though. I it's, know that's weird as fuck to me. I feel like I, you're right that they're not the first to do this, but it's just like give me a disc anyway, even if I don't have to pop it in. Like I don't know. I think besides uh, any Switch games I'm buying, like I'm buying Smash physical to save up space on the console yeah um i think dishonored was the last physical game i bought and so that was years ago uh, i'm and just everything I, now it's just easier like i understand the appeal like you said you got the, the steel book uh for kingdom hearts i understand yep. the appeal of that stuff it's just like for me and for a lot of people it's like less clutter and just for companies they're like hey we don't have to put money into manufacturing anything if it's all digital anyway yeah the um, less so clutter I see the appeal the less clutter makes me kind of regret it, but I am more or less a collector. So I'm even right now just looking at a tower of PlayStation 3 games, and I haven't hooked that thing up in forever. So I feel bad having yeah. all these games, but like I don't ever do anything with them. But I also have a shitload of PS4 games. I just personally like having the physical collection over the digital collection, even though on PS4 I have an even spread of both. But it does always like suck when it's like, okay, I want to play this game, and it's like, got to get up and change the disc. But it's like, that's such a dumb thing to be upset about it's, it's a like, minor complaint yeah if anything it'll keep me in shape for just like spending <laughs> hours laying down playing a video game. yeah um but it does help if uh by having the physical one if you do want to go back and play that game again because if it's digital and that you know software or service isn't supported anymore by that company or by the you know developers yeah you can't play that digital game anymore like we were talking about telltale like their games are being yanked off steam and different platforms like but if you had a physical copy of it you always have it or yeah, so, if it's like a day one scenario and everyone's like, "Oh, the game won't download for me," it's like I popped in yeah. the disc. <laughs> it's like that. It's yeah. like there's like perks like that too, but it's like very minimal. Yeah, there. You know, it's it's smaller end, but I can I see the appeal of companies not physically making disc anymore. Yeah, um, it's on just their a side. Um, but yeah, so with the special edition bullshit, like Bethesda always does, and like everyone does, because special edition usually is shitty. Like there are some stuff where you get like artwork or this or that. 
but I in recent years I I don't know of any special edition that was actually worth it. It usually never worked out well. Um, yeah. Even even Bethesda with Fallout previous stuff, the the uh, Pit Boy, you get the special edition for Fallout Four. I think like most of it didn't work, or like it was really awkward and cumbersome, and just like a lot of people that got it either got it sent to them because they're like a streamer or something, or regretted paying all that money for it. Like, yeah, it just didn't work out. Um, but with this one, you got a helmet, uh, a power armor helmet, and it like I think some other stuff, and it came in a big Fallout seventy six canvas bag. The canvas so bag, yeah, really it's nylon, <laughs> and it would carry it. Yeah, so when people paid for it, they paid for all this stuff. When it got sent to them, it came in a really shitty, cheap, pla- like nylon plastic bag. And when people question Bethesda about it, they're basically like, "Yeah, canvas is expensive. Tough. Well, Shit. You're a fucking Get giant corporation it. making so much money off of this game. Like you're you're saying you're that's false advertising, isn't it? Maybe yeah. that's something that'll be they'll be that's, talking about in court. I think that's what the the class action lawsuit is because they basically tell, told people they're like, "Oh, canvas is expensive." Deal with the nylon bag. Like, we're not doing anything about, you know, re- refunding you the money or sending you an actual canvas bag or anything like that. It's basically like, this is what it is now. Deal with it. And then some people would even send stuff back, like, sent the nylon bag back, and then they got another package sent back to them. It was still a nylon bag, but then the power armor helmet didn't work anymore. Like, there was a light and a voice changer in it, and those broke after they got it sent back to them from Bethesda. Oh, God. So it's basically just everything about this game right now is a shitstorm, and just anything good about it is just being like hidden under the pile of crap that's breaking and just not working. And like we've said, we, we've talked about with a lot of different PR disasters, especially with games and shows the last uh, few years, it would have been much less of a story if the company didn't basically just say, tough shit, get over it. Yeah, like no it's kidding. the dismissal rea- dismissive reaction of the company telling their fans and people that gave them money, basically just like, no, we changed the rules of the game you're playing and you're going to deal with it because yeah. what are you going to do? It's basically what happened with Battlefront 2 with EA. They're, They're saying like, the customer's not right. What the fuck? <laughs> is it me who's not right? No, it's the customer that is wrong. <laughs> and, you know, then with, like, EA and Battlefront 2, they had to go back on everything they said. Like, almost everything they said about the game, they've had to go back and change because no one likes anything. And then they just went right back to doing the microtransactions and just people yeah. aren't buying that game. Like, it's one of the worst-selling Star Wars games of all time because it's just – he's a shithole. And they're yeah. surprised by it. They act like they didn't, they didn't see this coming. But they did. They just didn't expect this many people to actually follow through with it because so many fanboys and people are brand loyal, they'll commit to it anyway. So it's just, it's dumb to be loyal to a company because a company's not a singular person or entity. They'll swap in and out. There'll be a new, you know, Payday 2. The guy said he would never put buffs uh, in any of the skins of the guns. He sold the property. The next owner immediately put buffs in the skins of the guns. Yeah. So like it just it changes hands too much, and people are too loyal to this image, and don't realize all the people working behind it and how much control they have over it. So it's it's just it's sad, but you sh- you shouldn't have bought a broken early access game. You shouldn't have bought a special edition of a broken early access game that everyone knew was going to be buggy as hell. Because even their finished products are buggy as hell. Yeah. Like that's that's what Bethesda is. That's why people say like, "Oh, it's not a bug; it's a feature." As a joke, <laughs> and a meme, because yeah. of how broken all of those games are. That's not even arguable. So that that is kind of just common knowledge. Yeah. So it's I I 
Bethesda's definitely do like make doing shitty things here and definitely not handling it well. But I also can't be too upset with them because people just threw money at a broken car and they're like, "Hey, why is this car broken?" It's like, "Well, that's what we <laughs> advertise it as." I don't know what you expected. So, it's it's shitty, but it's shitty on everyone involved. It's not just one side or the other. Yeah. So that was so. worth bringing up. Um, yeah. let's maybe play a quick game of game or no game before wrapping this one up. Yeah. So we are playing Game or No Game. We might have some best of Game or No Game later in this uh, month here, but we'll see <laughs> so if we that... So we gotta play it now actually, to fill up that... Oh, uh, no, 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 you'd be surprised. This goes. This game goes back to 2016, and we have a lot to choose oh, from. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's actually really bizarre hearing us. Like, I feel like we sound younger. Uh, that's probably just <laughs> not real. But uh, <laughs> anyway, let's see here. I got a bunch here to choose from today, and let's see what you make of this one. Cop, the drug dealer. <laughs> oh, so many thoughts going through my head right now. Uh, <laughs> I I hope it's a guy who's a drug dealer and his name is just Cop. Like, he's not a cop. He's just named Cop. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, no. I feel like they'd be a little more clever if that is the premise of the game. Yeah, it's a no. I was proud of that one. And yeah, now I might make a game and it's not even a cop. It's just the guy's name's cop. And then it's like, he's looking out for the cops. Oh shit, it's the cops. And it's just like one guy in a hoodie. Yeah, there we go. Uh, But no, you got that one. How about a game called Coffee Crisis? Mm, the, uh, yeah. There's so many like Diner Dash and like uh, Cooking Mama and like various like, uh, I don't even know what you would call those. But I'm thinking of like the diner dash where you sit people at the at uh, the tables, take their orders, and then send them out and you know build up the restaurant as you go. I'm thinking of that, but that's like a cafe. Yeah, I think it, that's even might be what the gameplay is like. It is a game for sure. I saw it on the Nintendo eShop, so that's when you could pick up there. It came out fairly recently, so that is a game. There's so much on for uh, the Switch. There's so many games. I think it's a, set to outrank the PS4. Within oh, its first year. Shit, are you serious? Games. But just because they're porting so much stuff and it like especially from the Wii U and so many indie titles are being ported to the Switch, like Moonlighter, I talked about it earlier, that's on yeah. the Switch, and that's a new game. Like that's pretty recent. Um and it's just like the Switch has a shitload of games, but it's like also all Nintendo stuff where it's like they're not good. A lot of it's shitty shovelware already. Yeah. So, oh, Coffee Crisis is actually like a side scroll beat 'em up, like uh uh, Streets of Rage and oh really? Uh, Fury and stuff. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. that's not what I remember, but I guess you're right. Jeez. All right, well that's interesting for for that game. Uh, yeah. What do you think of a game called? All right, well actually it depends on how I say it. Is it Harvest Life? Like like telling you like a command, or is it Harvest Life? Like the life of someone who harvests. Harvest Life. Hmm. Because you have two ways of pronouncing it. I feel like it means you're not sure about it, which means you didn't think of it. So I'm going to say yes. 
oh damn it that is good logic uh <laughs> but no you're absolutely right it is a game and that that is like the question i think it's more or less the latter where it's just like harvest life uh cutesy oh uh, like a sardi valley or harvest moon yep something like that yeah. uh let's see what you think of the next couple here do you think there's a game called fart attack 2 <laughs> uh uh see like it definitely could be but it could also be one of your titles i'm gonna say no just because i haven't said it in a while it's a no you're on fire uh there that's the go. thing though there is fart attack one though that is apparently a <laughs> web-based game so that's what i mean like easily could have been i remember like Boogerman back on the sega days so like it's possible hey well that kind of segues into the next one Boogerman. uh do you think there's a game called gesundheit <laughs> Um, yes, and I'm going to say it's like a super weird indie pixel one. It's a yes, and I think it is pixelated. I'm, I don't recall specifically, but it, it's definitely a game. And that's the problem, though. I was trying to come up with games that aren't games, and I'm like, oh, I'll do Gesundheit, and then I look it up. It's a fucking game. I'm that's like, god damn it. It's it's at the problem with especially, like, weird indie games that are, like, can be easy to make, or, like, shitty mobile games that are super easy to clone and make everything's game at this point yeah i know that's the problem with this game uh game yeah. or no game uh do you think there's a game called dj defender uh no but i'm sure there's something similar out there it's a no i think that has potential but apparently yeah. there's an artist out there music dj defender oh there you go I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows who that is. It was some dude from 1995, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, oh, I know him. He's great. Oh, DJ Defender. Uh, I'm imagining like a Galaga, sort of like you're in a DJ like turntable booth and you're just like shooting <laughs> records out at like, I don't know, hipsters coming at you or something. Yeah. All right. I got a handful more here for you. Do you think there's a game called Dave? <laughs> yes. <laughs> God damn it, there is. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> it's like my favorite one ever. I feel like if we could have had this in the best of, Dave would definitely be in the best of. This game actually looks good. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'm trying to find games that are just goofy names that actually are games. And I saw a game, a game called Dave. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And it almost looks like a mix of like Feist and uh, Limbo. It's just like a dark uh, adventure side-scrolling platformer. Very interesting and cutesy. So... Check out the game, Dave. <laughs> if you can, this is like impossible to search because there's like there's like a thousand like developers named Dave or something, dude, or there's games like Dangerous Dave or Dave and Buster's. When dude, you look Dave up games. game Steve and it or, or Steve Steam. Uh, God damn it, no! Look, <laughs> Steve the game. Steve. No, uh, Dave game Steam, and it's the second option on Google. It says Dave on Steam and. It's oh, very interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. D dark and uh, puzzle platformer. Tells yeah, the story of a shepherd who will become a hero. And I guess his name is Dave. <laughs> I mean, okay. I would have picked a better name, but okay. Yeah, Dave, the game. Um, Dave. How about a game called Vertex Hang Gliding? Vertex Hang Gliding? No. Yeah, I thought that was a stretch, but it was worth trying. <laughs> uh couple more do you think there's a game called the first tree yes i feel like it's more visual novel based okay it's not visual novel it's definitely a game and it's on basically all platforms consoles pc you gotta check this out it's even on switch uh it looks really 
interesting. It's going to be one of those that to you, you're going to be like, you're going to have to sell me on why to play this. And I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do that. It's very much like an Abzu, a journey, uh, Along those kind of games, but it, in this one, you are a fox, like, traveling on a journey, but it's actually this guy saying he's had a dream of a fox, and he's seeing, like, he's learning the story of the fox, but also the fox is learning the story of the person dreaming, like, as they're, like, navigating through the environment, they're finding clues of, like, the the person who's having the dream. Uh, I think it's only $10, so I'm more or less interested on in getting it for PS4 or Switch, maybe on Switch just cause, so I can can have it in my hands and have that like tangible gameplay experience. So mm-hmm. definitely one I recommend, The First Tree. Yeah, it's a very atmospheric walking simulator, the yeah. tags. So yeah, it it's definitely looks nice. So, you know, it's, it's not one of those like shitty walking simulators where it's just an abandoned city and there's literally nothing in it. Exactly. So. so the graphics alone would make up for that. So I'm interested in that. Uh, got three more for you. Let's see if you finish strong. You've been on fire. I think you didn't even miss any. We'll see. Uh, oh, it jinxed me now. How about a game called Scanners with a Z? Clean up in aisle seven. <laughs> uh, oh, man. This is up there with just the dumbass titles. I'm going to say no. It's a no, and I was okay. so proud of that. I was like, that could be a Why? thing. Why? No, because <laughs> it's like, scanners, you gotta remember. I mean, we've brought it up on the podcast before. That's a pathetic thing to uh, to say. But it's that thing from, like, the early 2000s, the handheld little gaming system that you'd take into the grocery store and like, oh, scan barcodes. Okay. And I feel like, as a kid, I had one. It was very much just aimed at kids that have to, are dragged along with their moms and stuff to go to the grocery store, and you're just gonna run around the grocery store scanning everything fighting monsters and it's like i just want to hang out in the grocery store all day and play my video game but i guess technically you could scan things that anything with a barcode even at home so it was it was an interesting marketing tactic i I definitely see where they're coming from it's the cleanup on aisle seven which gave it away as like not a real game yeah that makes sense took that way and it was just like scanners like yeah, I could definitely see that then. Yeah, I was just going off of that franchise making a video game called Clean Up in Aisle 7 because it's like, now, now you're in the grocery store. But no, it's it's definitely not a thing. It would be one of those games that was on the back of the of the packaging when you bought it. Like, it wasn't like a real, it wasn't a game by itself. It was a game that came with something. Well, what's interesting is there was multiple iterations of scanners that I was unaware of until I Wikipedia'd it. Uh, there was the regular one. There was scanners commander, scanners racers, all with a Z, and then scanners orbs. And I got to tell you, I was reading the description of orbs, and it really doesn't make much sense. So uh, <laughs> they they take the S out of the word discs and replace it with a Z. So it's like discs, Disc. and it's like, oh god, this is th- you and your Z's scanners. That's like. That's like the, I forget what company it is. It, they make like chicken wings, but they're not actually like the wing meat of the chicken. So it's like wings, W-I-I-I-I-N-G-Z. <laughs> and it's like, ugh. It's like it's just oh, spam, Christ. but chicken. Yeah. So scanners, I'm just glad that's something that came up on today's episode. Check that <laughs> off the bingo card, even though that's never usually talked about. All right. Two more. <laughs> Do you think there's a game called YouTuber's Life OMG Edition? Uh, I definitely know there's a game called YouTuber's Life. I don't know if it's OMG edition, but I'm going to say yes. The fact that you knew that it was a game is, yeah, there is an OMG edition. That is just weird that that's the world we live in. So 
yeah, you can play YouTuber's Life. I don't know oh, what yeah. that's like. If you ask like kids in like elementary school and middle school, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And like back in our day, it was like a ninja and like an astronaut and just like weird shit. But I like, literally okay. said a Power Ranger that or a video game maker, which that didn't work out for me. But hey, I wanted to be a ninja or the guy that sold ice cream on the beach. But since I'm lactose intolerant and like can't be in the sun for more than an hour, that didn't work. Uh, but if you ask kids in like elementary school, middle school now what they want to be when they grow up, it's either famous or like a YouTuber. And it's like, oh, no. I want to be a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, what, 69 or Takeshi69 or whatever just got sent to prison for like 30 plus years? Oh, I can't pretend like I pay attention to shit like this. I'm so out of the loop. A coworker of mine like makes fun of him and stuff, so that's the only reason he's on my peripheral. He's one of those just monstrosities with like tattoos all over his body and face and knuckles, and his hair is like yep. rainbow. And he he's like the epitome of SoundCloud rapper, and he's going to jail because he's a piece of shit. So, oh, I did see him. that going around. Yeah, wow, what an idiot. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, then this is the last one. You've done really well. Do you think there's a game called Elon Musk Simulator Two? <laughs> uh, no, but give it time. It is a game, and I'm Shit. really proud of that one. It's like dirt cheap, though. It's like a dollar ninety nine. So you can okay. check that one out on Steam. But yeah, that's how we play game or no game. I think the last one's the only one i got wrong yeah no you did really well um well that's probably gonna do it for this episode uh i do really quickly just want to say because i forgot to mention it earlier uh neon genesis evangelion's coming to netflix and i'm really hype about that super fanboy over here so very excited oh. to relive that in an easy way because i don't own like the dvds or anything i would like to it's it's hard to get like it's yeah. one of those weird ones that are just like physically hard to get anymore yeah, so the fact that it's coming to Netflix, that'll also get new people to enjoy the series. I, it's just critically acclaimed, and rightfully so, in my opinion. A mind fuck. It's right below Fooly Cooly for me as far as my favorite animes ever. So if you never saw it, you can look forward to that in spring of 2019. Yeah, that one's definitely always been on my list, but it's always been like, it's a mind fuck in like 20 plus episodes. So I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to get into that right now. But with Netflix, it's easier to watch, so I will. Yeah, and it's got mechs and stuff, so that also depends if that's your bag of chips or not. I feel yeah, like, I'm not a mech guy. Yeah, it's so good, though, so I'm interested to see what you think of it, coming from somebody mm -hmm. who's not into mechs and stuff. Yeah, I've heard someone say, like, the easiest way to counter piracy in, like, any form is just make content easily accessible, and, like, that's why Netflix was so big. So that's why if it's, like, if it's on Netflix, I'll watch it, it's, you know, easy enough. But if it's, like, on Crunchyroll or Hulu, where you have to make an account, you have to pay to make an account to watch few to watch anything and then you have to pay a premium to watch no ads like fuck that that's you're getting too greedy with it yeah so, yeah i'll definitely check that out uh speaking of like anime and uh, netflix and all that uh bad news they're making a live action cowboy bebop yeah we, that's why <laughs> we knew this was gonna happen netflix has got the trend of turning live action or anime into live action and i guess they make their money back on it i guess enough people watch it like to pique people's curiosity um, no, I've heard none of them as like really good. The best review is just like it's not awful, and like that's the best. So oh geez. Um, inversely, the director and creator of Cowboy Bebop, uh, Shin, oh boy, uh, Shinichiro uh, Watanabe, 
Yeah. Uh, was the executive producer of the short anime, uh, like a short animated video for uh, the prequel to Blade Runner 2049. Um, there was like three little videos they released before the movie came out. One was like a monologue with Jared Leto. One was this animated one. Um, and then one was like with David Bautista's character before the movie starts. Um, and they're all very good. And they, it all added a lot of flavor to the movie without being like critical that you needed to see it. Yeah. Um, so they're going to continue with that animated one and just make that like a 13 episode series. Oh, interesting. Um, so he's going to be the creator producer on that. And they're just going to make Blade Runner a uh, prequel anime. So that'll be cool. Cause I love both of those things. Yeah. That's balances out the cowboy bebop. Yeah. We, it's weird. It was like within like a few days of uh, the other one being announced, this one came out too. So it's like, Oh, interesting. Definitely. Um, well, yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else, uh, not that I can think of this time. Let's wrap this episode up. Where can our listeners find you and, uh, your anime podcast? Uh, it's not very interesting. Don't listen to it. The anime podcast is Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. It's where me and a big anime friend of mine try and get our non-anime watching friend into anime. Uh, we've had a few shows already that he's uh, piqued his interest enough to continue watching and a few others that uh, maybe aren't. Um, and I was pretty surprised by it. Uh, he knows a lot of like movie and TV tropes of like writing. So I'm, I'm surprised by the ones that don't interest him at all. And the ones that do um, as of this episode, uh, my podcast also, the other podcast also drops on Mondays. Um, and the most recent episode is Puela Magi Madoka Magica is the show we watched. Oh yeah. Which is, it's a fuck. If you haven't watched it, I don't want to spoil anything. It's a fucking trip. Yeah, um, I think I've only seen the first episode as a recommendation. I got to get back to it, but I was enjoying it's, it. It's Mark recommended it to me initially, and I really had a hard time getting to it uh, through it because it's a magical girl show. It's like yeah. Sailor Moon and stuff, and that's a big turnoff for a lot of people right away. And I fully understand that. I was like that too. I always preface with people: get to episode three. Episode three is a turning point. And if he's still not interested after that, then you can drop it. Okay. That is the benchmark, I would say. So that's what we watched on uh, the latest episode of Are We There Yet? We watched episodes one, two, and three. So see see how people reacted to the first time of seeing that. Very cool. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's awesome. Um, I'm going to use my plugs to plug for the people that were supposed to be here today. Bassett would probably be plugging no, Pinecast. Uh, Whitney would be plugging Historical Hotties. Uh, okay. And if you like our show, uh, give us a like, follow, subscribe. Uh, we're all over the place. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All of our handles are ABT Silence, including Twitch. I'm hoping to get back to some Twitch streaming. Uh, so keep an eye out on your email or wherever if you're subscribed for that. Um, Trying to think if you have any interest, you can check out my record label at missedoutrecords.com. But other than that, it's been real. We will have a bonus episode for you guys on Friday with Gamers Without Borders. And uh, hopefully in the future episodes, we'll get to hear from Bassa and Whitney, even though it didn't work out this time. (laughs) In four months from now. Oh, no. Hopefully sooner than that. But thanks for joining us, listener. We'll be back next week. See ya. See ya.